2021. That went quick. It did go quick. I actually feel it went quick. It did go quick. Yeah, I thought it. You know, people always just always say the older you get, the, the, the quicker the years go. And I don't know if that's true or not, but this one went really quick for some reason. I'm not that old yet. Man, if this one went quick, I don't know what it's going to be like in another 30 years. Woof. But, you know, I just want to say that we've seen some pretty remarkable things this year. We cannot lose sight of what we have seen God do. Amen. We've seen people testified to the healing grace of God. People have been healed of various things. Amen. We've seen people give testimony about provision. We've seen testimony about breakthrough, about reconciliation in, in families, about restoration. And we've seen testimony after testimony after testimony about the goodness of God. You know, and it just continues to remind me of the words that David uh, declared in Psalm 27. He said, I would have lost heart. I would have given up, except he was confident that he would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And so I just want to encourage you this morning, you know, Part of the reason for giving testimonies is to increase the faith of those around you. You share a testimony and it increases someone else's faith because they realise that you've been going through something and you've trusted God for something and God has broken through and there's been an answer. You are testifying to the goodness of God, amen? And other people can draw on that faith and that's why it's important to give testimonies. I'm also encouraged by the strength that people have in God. The strength doesn't come from ourselves, it comes from Him. But I'm so encouraged by the strength of people that are willing to stand, that are willing to love, that are willing to give, that are willing to hope, that are, that are willing to believe for things. That is such an encouragement, amen? So why don't you look around at each other and bless each other? Come on, have a look around at the faith. Have a look around at the hope. Have a look around at the joy. Have a look around at the love. Have a look, have a look around at the peace. Have a look around. Yeah, you can hug each other. That's okay. You can do that. We're so Jesus. <laughs> hey, we're going to get into the word today. Uh, I just have a short word to bring you today about unshakable faith. I spoke a little bit about that in our weekly thought. We spoke a little bit about that in our weekly thought this week. But I really felt at this time that, you know, it's, um, it's good to remind ourselves. And I've got a Matchbox car too. No, I've got a Hot Wheels car. I know someone thinks it's funny that I want a sports car for my next car, but maybe it's not, not, not that one. Wayne, Wayne uh, Devlin says, you don't need a sports car, you need a van. I said, but I love driving. I don't want to drive a van around. He says, yeah, but it's going to carry all the stuff that you need. I go, yeah, but I don't want a van, I want a sports car. <laughs> Unshakable faith. So, Lord, we want to thank you at this time that you have been working, working in us, through us, amongst us, we want to thank you that you continue to reveal yourself. 
and that you are leading us forward into the fullness of your plans and your purposes and your promises. We thank you for the stirring of your spirit in this nation. We thank you for faith and hope and love that are rising. Father, we thank you for those things that are being stripped away, that we will recognize what really needs to remain. We thank you that as the things of this earth are shaken, that we belong to a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Amen? And we thank you for your word and we thank you for your spirit. In Jesus' name. Cool. Hey, so now is the time. Is that working? Oh, that one. Oh, yeah. Um, So now is the time to dig deep. If you haven't been digging deep in your faith journey, in your walk with the Lord, now is the time to dig deep. Do not delay it any longer. You know, as we were talking about that, Bonnie and myself during the week, you know, there was just a real urgency in my spirit. Do not delay any longer. You, like you, you, you cannot live on yesterday's manner. You cannot live on what God did in your life five years ago. Yes, we can remember and we can be encouraged and all that kind of stuff. But now is the time to dig deep. You know, the word that Brooke brought, was it last week at the end? Yes. Oh, so much has happened this week. I'm just like, woo. You know, about the well, about Jacob's well, you know, and about the well, you know, the well um, where Jesus met the Samaritan woman at the well is so powerful. And, but it just reminds us that we have to dig deep. And we have to go deep in your relationship with Jesus and you have to keep going deeper and deeper and deeper. Now is not the time just to play in the shallows. Spiritually speaking, now is not the time just to play in the shallows and just enjoy frolicking in the shallows, but it's really important that we go deep. Amen? For this is the place that we need to be, because this is the place that we're going to be able to stand from. I'm going to read some scripture this morning. I'm going to read some from the Amplified as well as what I would normally read from. Is that okay? Do we break any religious spirits here or anything? Sorry, that was a bit cheeky, wasn't it? Sorry. When I was young, I used to think that the Amplified meant, meant, it meant large print. When I, I did, that's, that's, that's what I thought the Amplified meant, was large print. I'm going, oh, okay. Until, under, until someone told me some years later that it was actually like, it was an unpacking more of the Hebrew and the, the Greek in behind. I'm like, oh, Amplified Bible, not large print Bible. Anyway, I'm reading from Jeremiah 17, and I'm going to read uh, just verses 7 and 8 before we move on. It reads this, Blessed with spiritual security is the man or the one who, who believes and trusts in and relies upon the Lord. How cool is that? Blessed is the one who believes and trusts in and relies upon the Lord, and whose hope and confident expectation is the Lord. For he will be nourished like a tree planted by the waters that spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when the heat uh, and will not fear the heat when it comes but its leaves will remain green and moist it will not be anxious and concerned in a year of drought and it will never stop bearing fruit how cool is that what a beautiful picture 
For the one who believes believes in and trusts in the Lord, the one who relies upon Him, the one whose confident, you know, expectation is in the Lord. You know, that can only happen if your roots have gone deep. Because when the storms of life come and when stuff, things happen around you, if your roots are not deep, all of a sudden you lose that. You lose the peace. You lose the hope. You lose the confident expectation because the waves are just crashing over you. We have to go deep. But if your roots grow deep in the Lord, it says that you will be nourished like a tree planted by the waters that sends out its roots by the river and it will not fear the heat when it comes. Its leaves will remain green and moist. You know, it's amazing to see our land a bit greener than it was this time last year. Amen? Amen. I've got pictures of this time last year when we had Christmas carols out at Thebeban. No, it wasn't last year. It was the year before. It was two years ago. We had Christmas carols out at Thebeban. And the ground was just dead, hey. It was just dry. It was just dusty. It was just burnt off. It was just like, it was like, wow. So it's nice to see that. But, you know, the promise is that if we are planted in the Lord, that if our roots have gone down, that even in the natural, when you look out there and it was all, you know, burnt off, that there'd be a patch of green. When every other tree around is just dying, there's a tree that is prospering. That's the promise of God. When everything around is dying, you you will prosper. That's the kind of unshakable faith. That's, that's the kind of root structure we need in our faith walk. Amen? When the, when the things that are happening around us are causing other people to, to hibernate or to hide or to shrivel up, we continue to flourish. That is not possible out of your own resources. It is only possible out of the resources of heaven. It is only possible out of the resources of God. Amen? It's... It will not be anxious, and it will not be anxious and concerned in a year of drought, for it will never stop bearing fruit. You know, there are times when you walk through life and there's stuff happening, and, you know, what's happening in our nation is one of them, but there's been times past, you know. And when you walk in peace, when everyone else around you is walking in anxiety or fear, and you walk in peace, what a witness that is. People start to what? They start to eat of your fruit. They eat of your fruit. They eat of the peace. They partake of shalom. Because they're anxious and they're fearful, but they partake of that. You know, I am so convinced, which is totally against everything around us, I am convinced that now is the time to flourish. I am convinced that now is the time to advance. That's why we've started Restore Bundaberg, um, you know, cleaning services and the other businesses and things that we're doing because we want to provide income for brothers and sisters of Christ that have lost income. And we are believing God for the provision to come forth. In Isaiah 43, it's a well-known verse, hey? And it's often quoted. 
I heard it all the time. And we always have to be careful that when you hear a verse of Scripture over and over that you don't just go, oh, yeah, I've heard that before. I always think in the opposite. Well, maybe God's actually just highlighting it more. And it says in Isaiah 43, 18, it says, Do not remember the former things or ponder the things of the past. Look. Or behold, some translations say, for I'm about to do a new thing. Now it will spring forth. Will you not perceive it? I will even put a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. You know, as you, some of you would have heard me say, a wilderness is no longer a wilderness when a road has been put in it. And a desert is no longer a desert when a river runs through it. So the question is, what are we seeing? Because the Lord says, look, behold, do you not perceive it? And that's why we've always got to see with our spiritual eyes. We are, when we are born again, we're born again of the Spirit from above, amen? We're born again. We, no longer do we live according to the flesh, but by the Spirit. And so we are called to look with our spirit eyes, not just our fleshly eyes. Abraham considered the facts. He he uh, considered that he was old. He considered that, er, you know, that Sarah's womb was old. He considered these things. Yes, okay. But yet, he believed God. He trusted God. He had faith in God. And it was credited, credited to him as righteousness. Amen? And in the same way, yes, we look around at circumstances and we look around, but then we need to see with our spiritual eyes. We need to see what God is, God is doing. We need to hear what God is saying. We need to see with our spiritual eyes because it will cause us to live differently. In a time of retreat, it will actually cause us to advance. In a time of drought, it will actually cause us to prosper. Is there an amen? You know, I, I was thinking about Paul and Silas when they were in prison. And their circumstances were anything anything but pleasant. In Acts 16, about midnight when Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, you know, they had been put in a dungeon. And we can't really imagine it because we think about our modern day prisons, but these were just dirt. And they're often they're just underground and they're just cold and they're dark and they're just no light and it's just a horrible place. And they were just locked. They were fastened in. And here they were singing hymns and praising God. That's why I love that song I choose to worship. When the enemy says, I'm done, I sing your praises. Till the darkness turns to dawn, I lift my praises high. We don't let the circumstances dictate to us, but we dictate to the circumstances. And this is what they were doing. They were praising God. They were singing hymns. And the prisoners were listening to them. Do not ever forget that other people are watching you. Because you may be the only Jesus that they ever met. And what I mean by that is you may be the only representation of Jesus Christ that someone in this city or this region will ever meet. People are listening and people are looking of what we say and what we do in moments such as this. So just as they were singing and, you know, the prisoners were listening to them. Why? Because it's different. 
They'd never heard that before. Who on earth would sing hymns and praise God when they're locked in a dungeon? You see, it wasn't the norm. But we are not normal. Is there an amen to that? We are not normal. I know I'm not normal. But you're not normal either. I always joke about my friend Mark Crawford. The first prophetic word he ever prophesied over me, he says, the Lord says, Tim, you are not normal. And at the time, I scratched my head and I think, what on earth does he mean by that? But I think I get a little bit of a snippet 20 years later. We are not normal. We are not called to fit in with the crowd. Paul and Silas weren't fitting in with the crowd. They weren't doing what everyone else was doing. They were singing hymns and the prisoners were listening to them. Amen? And suddenly... Don't you love the suddenlies of God? And remember, the reason that they're suddenlies is because there's often just a period of waiting and then they come suddenly. Do not ever give up on the suddenlies of God. Do not ever give up on God because God is a God of suddenlies. Circumstances can change in a moment. Can a nation be saved in a day? Amen, it can. There is nothing too hard for our God. There is nothing that is impossible. Nothing. So suddenly... Yeah. Hang on, I, just, I feel like I've just got to stop there for a minute. We've really got to make sure that we don't, we're not living out of our own resources. And part of the reason about not, not forsaking meeting together is that sometimes you need an Aaron and her to lift up your hands. Someone, sometimes you need someone to, to give you that word of encouragement. Sometimes you need someone to pray for you. Sometimes we need someone else because we just can't get through it on our own. And suddenly there was a violent earthquake that the foundations of the jail were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains came loose. Oh, I love that. Because not only was it a, did it change their circumstances, but it changed everyone else's circumstances around them. Everybody's chains came loose. Not just their chains came loose, but everyone else's chains came loose. What is the power of faith? Unshakable faith that causes you to praise when you don't feel like praising, that causes you to worship when you don't feel like worshiping. What is the power of unshakable faith? And the power is, or the testimony of it is, that not only will there be breakthrough for you, but there'll be breakthrough for those around you. I was thinking about, in Hebrews, I'm not going to speak for too long today. I was hoping someone would say, it's okay, Tim, you can keep going. <laughs> Shh. Shh. In Hebrews 6, for when God made the promise to Abraham, he swore an oath by himself, since he had no one greater by whom to swear, saying, I will surely bless you, and I will surely multiply you. And then this verse, and so, having patiently waited, he realized the promise. 
in the miraculous birth of Isaac. It goes on to say in verse 19, this hope, this confident assurance, that's what hope is, remember? It is a confident expectation. It is a confident assurance. It's not, you know, because in our English language today, we just go, I hope so. And what we mean by that is, I really wish that happens. It's wishful thinking. But biblical hope is not that kind of hope. Biblical hope is a confident assurance, a confident expectation that what God said He will do, He will do. Amen? So this hope, this confidence assurance we have is an anchor to our soul. It cannot slip, it cannot break down under whatever pressure bears upon it. That's hope. That's the hope that's, that's an anchor to our soul. It doesn't matter what kind of pressure is coming upon it, it will not break because we have this hope as an anchor for our soul. A safe and steadfast hope that enters within the veil of the heavenly temple, the most holy place in which the very presence of God dwells. The enemy will always seek to attack hope. He'll attack hope. He'll attack joy because they bring life. He will attack your hope. He will attack your joy because if he can take away your joy and he can take away your hope, all of a sudden it feels like you're running on empty. Then we read in Hebrews 12 about unshakable faith. On the back of Hebrews 11, the chapter of faith, which is good to read sometimes, hey, because it says, by faith, Moses did this. By faith, Abraham did that. By faith, Enoch. I love Enoch. Enoch's a champion of the faith, and yet so many people haven't even heard about him. Enoch is a champion of the faith. There's only like five or six verses in the whole of Scripture that's written about Enoch. And yet Enoch was such a champion of the faith because he, he walked with God in such a way, he pleased God in such a way that he never tasted death. God just took him. Enoch is a champion of the faith. I just want to walk with God in that kind of way. But Hebrews 12 reads this. Therefore, since we also have such a large cloud of witness surrounding us, let us lay, a high, uh, lay aside, so I referenced this earlier, let us lay aside every hindrance and the sin that easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that lies before us. So we need to let go of some stuff. If there's some things that are hindering you and your walk with God, sometimes you need to let go of those things, hey? You need to break, you know, our God is a God that moves in and breaks cycles. We've seen people with addictions set free just like that in Jesus' name. We've, we've seen God do stuff. We've seen God break into situations. You know, I've seen alcoholics that have been alcoholics for years and then within the split second, no longer do they even desire the taste of alcohol again. Because God comes in and he breaks that. If we really want that, if there's something on the inside of us that wants to break that addiction, God can break that addiction just like that. 
We need to let go of some stuff. Whatever is hindering us, we need to let go because we need to run the race and we need to run it with endurance. And I think often we forget about that word endurance because it's not a word we like to hear in our society today. Is that a fair statement? You know, I look around and I look, where's the resilience? Where's the, the, the willingness to just get up like Rocky Balboa and go again and get knocked down again and get up again? There's endurance. I was always a sprinter. And even in my first few years in ministry, I was a sprinter. And God had to break that in my life. You know, that doesn't mean I still don't go hard, but I, but I go hard with endurance. We have to endure. And the way we do that is we keep our eyes on Jesus. Because he is the author and perfecter of our faith. The enemy will always want to get you to take your eyes off Jesus. You've got to keep your eyes on Jesus. For the joy that was laid before him, he endured the cross. Man, I'll ponder that verse over the years. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. How could he have joy in that moment of betrayal, in that moment of mocking and pain and torture? How could he have joy? Because he knew resurrection was coming. He saw the other side. The enemy will always want us to focus on a tree so much that we lose sight of the forest. He could only have joy because he knew that there was resurrection coming. Despising the shame, he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He's coming again, people. He's coming again. King of kings, Lord of lords. Unshakable faith is a faith that is tapped into Christ. That's going deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. Circumstances don't dictate to it. What the government says, what the media says, what the person down the road says doesn't dictate to you because you're getting your information from Christ. We walk into the, to the sound of a different beat, the sound of a different drum. Loretta was sharing a song with me during the week, which is a song from a few years ago, about walking to the sound of a different beat or sound of a different drum. That's who we are because we are people born again of the kingdom, amen? We have to understand this, that he who promised is faithful and he will do it. I've, really, I've realized that more and more over the years. You know, I used to get a word from God and, thinking, and think it was going to happen tomorrow. Someone had prophesied something over me and I thought it was going to happen tomorrow. And then there, then there was this period of time. And I'm like, What? But then I realized that God was doing things in me to, be, to prepare me to walk in that word that was going to come. Because he loves 
He loves me. He loves you so much that he doesn't just want to give you something without you being able to steward it, to walk in it. So he prepares you. He tells you, you're in chapter 11 of your book and he tells you chapter 13. But then there's this chapter in the middle, middle called chapter 12. And he takes you through some stuff. And in that going through the stuff, he prepares you to steward what is in chapter 13 of your life. Does that make sense? So this is why he said, and we've had this verse spoken over us three times here at Restoration Centre from Habakkuk. It says, write down the vision. Clearly, inscribe it on the tablets so that one may easily read it. For the vision is yet for the appointed time. It testifies about the end and it will not lie because God does not lie. Amen. Though it lingers or though it delays. So the word is out there and there's a delay. There's a lingering of it. It says, though it delays, though it lingers, wait for it. For it will surely come and will not be late. It will not be late. You see, that's the God timing thing, isn't it? Because we go, God, you're late. I really thought this would have happened by now, God. You're running late. Though it lingers, though it delays, wait for it. The wait, how, how do we wait? We wait in hope. We wait in a confident expectation. We don't just wait in terms of like, oh, yeah. no, no, there's a confident. Waiting, often in Scripture, is about it waiting in hope, a confident expectation that I'm waiting. I'm positioning myself ready for the promise. So if God, I remember speaking to a guy many, many years ago, and you know, God gave him, God gave him a word that was in the next 12 months that he would meet his wife. And he's like, oh yeah, you know. But then he was like, do I really believe that? Do I really believe that that was a word from God? Do I really believe that? And he actually took it as a word and he goes, yes, I believe that. So what did he do in that period? He prepared himself. He started to pray, Lord, is there anything that needs to change in my heart? Is there anything that needs to change in me? How do I need to position myself to be the best man and the best husband that I can be for my wife? That is waiting with a confident expectation. Is there an amen to that? That is waiting with a confident expectation. God, do what you need to do in me so that I will walk in what you have for me. God, position me. Change what needs to change. Do what you need to do, that I will be able to walk in what you have for me. That's why there's a lingering. There's a delay. Because God is preparing us. But we have to respond to that. We have to hear the heartbeat of God, and we have to respond. So I want to close with this today. Don't lose your hope. And don't lose your joy. And if you find yourself at some time losing a bit of hope or losing a bit of joy, then, you know, whatever you need to do to see that recovered is what you need to do. Sometimes you just need to hang around with someone like Emma. She's not here today, so you'll have to wait till next, till, till next time. Because, man, she has joy. 
And sometimes you just need to stand next to her and you just need to let the joy out because it's contagious. If you need hope, then you come alongside someone that goes, man, they carry a hope. I need what they're carrying. You come alongside of them and you start hanging out with them and the things that they carry, then you'll start carrying it as well. Get back into the Word of God. Switch off the TV. Get into the worship. Put your focus upon Jesus. Whatever you need to do, do not let the enemy steal your hope and do not let the enemy steal your joy. Amen? So Mark 4. This has been coming to me the last couple of weeks. In verse 35, it says, On that day when evening had come, he told them, let's cross over to the other side of the sea. So that's Jesus. Come on, let's cross over to the other side of the sea. Jesus knew what was coming. They didn't. The disciples didn't know what was coming. Jesus knew what was coming. Let's cross over to the other side of the sea. I'm going to teach you a lesson in this. That's what discipleship is. We're going to learn something here. We're going to grow. We're going to advance. So we left the crowd and he took along, uh, took him along. Since he was in the boat, as in the disciples took Jesus along, and the other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking over the boat, so that the boat was already being swamped. Have you ever been on the, in, on the ocean? with these big waves that are just tossing and turning and breaking over a bow. Glinda, have you had that? Uh, I've been on the Spirit of Tasmania once and there was a lot of rocking and rolling on the Spirit of Tasmania. I remember my dad was in a, was in a sail, uh, was in a race and all of a sudden this fierce wind came out of nowhere and, and whipped up a storm and it actually turned my dad's boat upside down and my brother was stuck he got caught, and just for a, a moment in time, he was trapped underwater with a rope around his leg, wondering whether he was going to survive. Here was this great storm. He did survive. He was fine. Praise God. Oh, so, sorry, sorry, I should have, yeah, yeah. Dad dove under the water and into the water and freed him, and my dad was good that way. Now, what I mean by that is that if he saw one of his kids in trouble, he wouldn't care about himself. He would just go and say, I'm going to rescue my child. He was good that way. A great windstorm arose and the waves were breaking over the boat, so the boat was already being swamped. Where was Jesus? He was sleeping in the stern on a cushion. So they woke him up and they said to him, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to die? We haven't got really, well, we suppose we could stay in that for a while, but we won't do that today. There's a lot in that statement. There is so much that Jesus was going to teach them. There was so much that obviously they didn't understand. He was Jesus, the Son of God, in a boat, asleep, 
been tossed around. He's okay. And yet they were frantically, frantically concerned and afraid for their life. And, and if I could be so bold to say this morning that that's what the enemy tries to do, he tries to instill fear. And that's why I've been saying to people, be careful what you, how much media you let in. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful because the enemy will always try and use anything he can to put fear in you. So in the midst of the storm, Jesus was demonstrating something. This reminds me of Jeremiah 17, that in the midst of drought, in the midst of heat, never fail to bear fruit, always prospering, always green. In the midst of the storm, Jesus was, Jesus was okay. And he got up and he, and he rebuked the wind and he said to the sea, Peace, be still. Imagine seeing that. The wind ceased and the seas became calm. And he said to them, "Why, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? My prayer is that as we go forward into this next year that we will have unshakable faith. That our roots will go deeper, that our anchor is fixed and firm and that our eyes are upon Jesus and that we will be known as a fellowship of people who overcome and advance and demonstrate the kingdom of God in this city of Bundaberg and beyond. So we'll get the music team up. I'm going to sing one of my favourites. I'm like, yeah. You know, we sang this song in um, Alice Springs when we were there because I really felt the Lord told me to, to told, told, told us to sing it and we sang it and then the church actually took it and they kept singing it. Most weeks they were singing this song and then, of course, we know what happened a few weeks ago that Alice Springs had their biggest rain in 20 years. In 20 years. We need to see with eyes of faith. Amen. So let's just stand and we'll pray together. Don't forget praise and worship next Friday night. The barbecue next Sunday at the Roberts. They'll be great opportunities. Keep sharing with people the love of Jesus. But Lord, what I thank you this morning. That you are strengthening our faith that there is a resolve that is happening within us. We want to thank you that we belong to a kingdom that cannot be shaken. We want to thank you that you, that you desire to demonstrate that kingdom in us, through us and amongst us in Jesus' name. So God, I pray, Lord, for anyone this morning that is struggling in hope, that they would have a fresh impartation of hope in Jesus' name. Anyone that's struggling with joy, that they would have a fresh impartation of joy in Jesus' name. Oh! 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 I felt that one. Anyone who's struggling with life, 
that they would there be a fresh impartation of the abundant life that is ours in Jesus' name. God, we want to thank you that you are leading us forward. We want to keep our eyes fixed on you as you lead us in advancing the kingdom of God here in this city and this region and this nation. Jesus, we exalt you. We glorify you. We declare afresh that you are the name above every other name. Every other name. The name of Jesus, King of kings and Lord of lords. We exalt you, Jesus. That every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that you are Lord to the glory of the Father. We exalt you, Jesus. And we want to thank you this morning that you are faithful to fulfill your word. That you are faithful to fulfill your promise. Help us to position ourselves for the promise. Thank you, Lord.